Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Media Snack Meets. My special guest for this episode is Brian O'Kelly, the CEO and co-founder of Scope3. Hi, guys. Hello, gentlemen. Where are you? There you are. Welcome to Media Snack Meets, where we get to meet the individuals and organizations doing great work to inspire success and drive change through the global media and marketing industry. Because the best are short on time, we ask just six questions in 15 minutes. We get to learn what is behind the success, what it takes to make change in the industry, and what the rest of us can learn from that experience. Please subscribe to get alerts of all upcoming guest episodes. Hey, Brian. Hey, Tom. Right, so I've been looking forward to this because I'm still learning more about Scope 3. I know others are. You've been on, a, I think, an incessant world tour by the looks of it for the last kind of 18 months or so. Um, you describe Scope 3 as a collaborative sustainability platform, and I want to learn, and we will all learn a bit more about that. But so just to start off, introduce yourselves that don't know you. You've had, you've popped up in various very important places through the industry over the years, but you know, I'm very curious more about learn more about Scope 3 today. So what is it you do? And through the successes that you've had, what do you think has been the, the key to success in this industry? Yeah, so... You know, my career started in this industry 20 years ago when I started at a little ad network uh, that was building predictive technology for, you know, how do you get people to click on a, a banner ad? And over the years at Right Media, then at AppNexus, we just built more and more complex, powerful ways to connect marketers with publishers um, using more and more data, more and more auctions, more and more acronyms. And uh, I think the, the thing that's driven that for me is this is constant curiosity. And this is an industry that just is full of people who are willing to try something new in order to make media monetize better, in order to find better ways to drive results for advertisers. And if you're a, a curious technologist like me, there's really nowhere better than the world of internet advertising or digital advertising to keep coming up with crazy new ideas. <laughs> and so bring us up to date with scope three then. So uh, you're an optimist, clearly. What, 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 uh, what's the remit of scope three, the, the sustainability platform that you've built? Yeah. So looking back at those 20 years of building more and more and more technology, uh, a couple of years ago, I had this, you know, question like, is all the electricity we use to serve and predict all these ads in real time actually causing an environmental issue? I think my, my knee jerk was no, it's, it's in the cloud and clouds are fluffy and there's no way that's bad. Um, but if you look at the actual math, it turns out that all of these servers and all of this electricity are using tens of millions of metric tons or producing tens of millions of metric tons of carbon every year. And a lot of that is just waste. We could do this in a much more efficient way. And that insight led to scope three, where if we could more accurately measure those emissions, we could help marketers make different choices with their media that surprisingly turn out to be better for the environment, but also drive better outcomes. It's more efficient and more effective to buy green media. And that's basically scope three. Very good. Love it. Um, what's the key to success of that though? Because I mean, you, you've had, as I said, you, you had success in a number of different businesses, um, but Scope 3, there's lots of people chasing the idea of 
you know, a more conscious approach to advertising, to, you know, address looking at sustainability, um, encouraging marketers to make better choices. But you've really, I mean, it's fair to say you've kind of really broken through. You've become, you've become the, you know, the acceptable face of that question, I think, and you've, you've humanized that quite, quite well. What, what's the key to your success? I think it's two conflicting ideas. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's genius or insanity to have two conflicting ideas at the same time. Um, one idea is that there's a better way to do things. And the other is that we need to accept people for where they are today. And mm -hmm. so put those two together and it's like, well, how do we put sustainability data into the media business in a way that people can make more money, that they can get promoted? that they can have a, an amazing story to tell. Uh, at the same time, we're trying to be truth tellers and drive systemic change. So that, if you go too fast, if you try to you know, just to, let's blow it all up, um, you won't get anywhere, you'll scare people and you'll probably fail. And if you go too slowly, if you're too accommodating of where things are, you won't make the change happen. So I think that's the tension that I constantly feel. Is, yes, I love that. You know, how do you balance those two? Very good. So just think think about the media industry because we, you know, we as you know, we've we've all had its all had our challenges in the media industry, and some of which you've you've mentioned. Um, but what's the what's to you has been the best thing about working in in media over these years? And and of those successes, what are you the most proud of that you've achieved so far? I think if you call that tension, skeptical optimism. Uh, <laughs> You have both. You have so many optimistic people who believe that we can do something really meaningful when we come to work every day. And you also have some of the most skeptical people in the world, you know, who are actively questioning not just the, the big tech platforms, but the fundamental nature of, you know, personalized advertising. So it's an industry that, that can have those two ideas at once. Um, and the other thing that's great about media is you have industry leaders. I mean, sometimes it's trade associations, sometimes it's CEOs, sometimes it's a trader who really cares, you know, or a media buyer who's willing to go rally people around something important um, that will drive change. And that's, mm -hmm. I spent two years in the uh, physical supply chain world trying to help people trade physical metal better. You can have that same energy. People aren't as motivated. They don't see their own ability to, to create or participate in change. Um, and that's why that world isn't changing very fast. Mm. I love it. I, I just know that this, or that really this episode is going to give everybody a lot of hope. And it's what we, what we, what we need more of. Um, which brings me probably quite, quite neatly onto some of the challenges. I think apart from some of the things that you mentioned, which is we can we can be overly cynical as a, an industry we can sometimes try and jump too far and we fail and, and then people get dispirited um from your perspective you've seen you've seen the industry from a number of angles and what what is the biggest challenge is it a, is it a person problem is it that we that we don't believe enough or we don't think we can make the change or is there something kind of structural or fundamental wrong with what we're doing i think the fundamental problem is complexity meaning it's so many different things. Like you say, media, even digital media. And, you know, you could probably have a book series on all the different things. And once you've mastered it, I promise you someone's going to invent something new, like chat, chat GPT, you know, oh my gosh, a whole other domain or another company that pops up. And so it means that no one's an expert at everything. And now if you bring in something like sustainability, which has its own acronyms and its own evolution and its own complexity, 
it's, I mean, how is anyone realistically going to take the time to master that and be great at their day job and deal with constant change? And so I think that's the, the it, it almost is the throw your hands up. I don't have time in the day to get it. I'll just do something easy. Um, so this, it's almost that, that, I don't know if it's, it's persistent uh, overwhelmedness. That's not a term. Um, <laughs> But the sense that could it just slow down a little bit so I can get back on top? I think that's the the feeling I hear from a lot of people. Yeah, there's a, I forget now who it was. There's a brilliant one of my favorite quotes of all time uh, relates back to the middle of last century in British politics, and it was re- referred to uh, <clears throat> one leading politician who somebody said was going around the country stirring up apathy, which I just, I love that idea. Yeah. So I think, I think there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of that that happens in our industry, um, yeah. to your point. So, okay, moving on. Uh, now I know there are many that consider you, you know, a, uh, an important leader in the industry. And you've, as I say, you've achieved, you've achieved a lot in a number of different areas. Is there something that, that, that somebody said to you that's, that you still sticks with you, that inspires you continually, or something which you share with others that you think is helpful advice? I always come back to gratitude. You know, what we get to do every day is special. What we get to do as a team at Scope 3 is so special. And I kind of do say thank you every single moment of this journey, having done it multiple times now and had all the supposed success. I mean, success is a moment. You're only successful the day you raise $20 million. You're not successful because you did it. It's just a success that you completed. Um, and I just feel really, really a lot of gratitude and that comes into conversations with the team. It comes into conversations with the customers. It's just this constant sense of how can I help you? How can I give as much as I can uh, and, and be appreciative of this process? Um, I don't always achieve gratitude. Sometimes I achieve yelling. Um, but I think that's what I just continually come back to um, every time I can. Very good. Okay, so uh, good advice. Given what you've said, you 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 must assume you must be one of the busiest people in the industry. Um, incredibly productive, and I'm, I'm fascinated to learn more about your your discipline of doing so another time, perhaps. But uh, outside of that, outside of media, outside of advertising. Uh, and talking about scope three, where would we find you relaxing? What what does Brian do on a day off if you get one? I don't ever relax. I don't have a relaxed bone in my body, um, and that's not bragging. I just don't. I can't. I can't oh, stop. I run. Um, fortunately, I have two kids who run me absolutely ragged. Um, the only time I'll take a breath is on Saturday afternoons uh, during the fall, I watch American college football with my dad, usually on a phone call. And, uh, you know, it's our tradition. And uh, I really, I just love the the leadership lessons of these coaches and players. They're, they're, they're kids. And they're out in front of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, playing this sport and watching them, you know, it's sort of this, this constant new people every year and trying to figure out how to build a system and incorporate people. I can't help it. My brain starts thinking back to work <laughs> and leadership and building organizations and building dynasties and, you know, all these things. So I guess I don't really relax fully. Um, but uh, I just I just love that. And my, my passion actually is mentorship. I really love working with aspiring entrepreneurs, working with aspiring leaders, uh, mostly in my team, 
but helping people, you know, not make as many mistakes as I've made or make different ones and just mm -hmm. sharing. Like, I just, I love that. I feel like if the next generation of leaders has, you know, a little bit of my, you know, pain and failure in it, I've, I've done my job because mostly my kids get my pain and failure. And I feel like I should share the burden. Very good. I love that. Good. And I'm sure it's some wise wisdom that you're, you get from your dad, uh, as, as we all do in, in these uh, sort of building businesses. Um, so, okay, so looking ahead, you've got big plans with Scope 3. You've made a lot of progress so far. Um, tell me, you know, a year from now, as an industry, where, where could we be in this area? Where would you really hope we get to? And what might be a tipping point for you that excites you? One thing that we do every month and every quarter is we benchmark every major channel in every major country. And we watch to see, you know, what that carbon footprint is. And we've started to see it drop, but I want to see it really drop. And I think we're at a point where that might happen. Um, I'd love to be, you know, out in the market saying we've seen 30, 40, 50% reduction, especially in programmatic display where the problem is biggest. And, uh, that's all I focus on is how to make that happen as quickly as possible. Very good. Brian O'Kelly, CEO and co-founder of Scope3. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Who would you like to meet on future episodes? Please let us know in the comments below. Subscribe to the Media Snack channel, where you will also find previous guests, including leading marketing executives from companies like P&G, Uber, LVMH, Mars, Ikea, and many more. Plus, some of the industry's most provocative thought leaders, such as Belinda Smith, Sir Martin Sorrell, Wendy Clark, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Professor Mark Ritson. You can also get alerts to hear about upcoming new guests. If you liked this episode and think someone else would, then please share it. Thanks so much for watching. See you next time.